between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Bless your name this morning. We are bringing worship to you. We are bringing worship, Lord. Worshiping you, worshiping you, worshiping you. From the depth of our soul this morning, we honor you. We reverence you. Lord, we glorify you. We magnify you. We exalt you this morning. We put you in your place. You said, if I be lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men unto me. Oh, exalted King of glory, we just eulogize your name. We bless you. Oh, we bring our praises. Lord, the fruit of our lips this morning, giving thanks to your name. We worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of calling upon your name and to worship you and to be in your presence. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for access, doors that have opened to us into this fellowship, to fellowship with you and with your life. We worship your name this morning. Lord, we ask, Lord, that our hearts will be open, open to you, our Father. We have come to sit at your feet, Jesus, our high priest, our Lord, our leader our captain, our savior, merciful and faithful, glorious and beautiful, wonderful and excellent. You who all angels worship, they don't get tired of you because you never change the same yesterday, today, and forever. We bless your holy name this morning. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for the food, the table you've prepared before us this morning. Lord, we ask you will cause our hearts to rise into the place of this communion. That no heart will be left behind. No body will be left behind. You will grant, Lord, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of understanding. We want for one breakthroughs, Lord. Breakthroughs, 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 breakthroughs. Access, access for every heart, Lord, into the, the reality. Not just the words, but also the grace that we should hope to the end for the grace that will come to us at the revelation of Jesus. Jesus, as you are revealed this morning, Lord, let this be a feast of grace. Help our heart this morning to drink out of your life. Feed us. Feed us. Help us. I bring this vessel unto you, Lord. This man has nothing to say to your people. I'm not qualified to stand here by myself to speak your word, to handle your truth. So I ask, come and silence my own, my own thoughts and my own meditation. And Lord, infuse my heart with your own thought, with your own feeling, with the direction of the Spirit. Oh, bring the inspiration of what you want to say. Let the oracle speak. Let it bless our heart. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the worship this morning and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. You can have your seat.
Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. And please welcome somebody and say, it's still morning. We have two minutes left. Say good morning. I'm happy to see you this morning. Tell someone God bless you. Praise God. Is anyone happy to be here this morning to, to in the presence of God? David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into, into the house of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, let this place be as the potter's house this morning. As you told Jeremiah that go down there, for there I will cause you to hear my word. Come and cause our heart and our soul to hear your voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, without wasting time, let's go to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation 7. Thank you, Jesus. I'll read from verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Amen. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hot not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their what? Four heads. And I heard the number of them which are sealed. And there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand, all of the tribes of the children of Israel. Praise God. Chapter 14. Revelation. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1. It says, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name in their, written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great trumpet, or a great thunder, sorry. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And the song, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. And these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb. Praise God. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits, the first fruits unto God and unto the Lamb. Praise God. Back to chapter 7. Thank you, Jesus. 
chapter 7 from verse 9. Amen. It says, And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which seated upon the throne and upon the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks." giving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are days, are they, these are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore they, therefore are they before the throne of God. Praise God. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto what? Living what? Fountains of waters. And then God shall do what? Wipe away all tears. Oh my God, thank you Jesus. Wipe away all tears from their eyes. Praise God. Um, I just feel this morning we should we should just pick it up from from Wednesday. Um, let's let's just look at these people, this company um, who are um, they are found different estate in the leading of the spirit. Praise God. The first company we saw here in verse chapter 14, verse, praise God, verse 4, says, These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins, and these are they which follow the Lamb, praise God, they follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth, and these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God. So, so the servants of God are those who now follow the Lamb where he is going. But in chapter 7, you see another set of people, this multitude, say multitude. Verse 9, says, after this, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindred and people and tongues and stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in 
their hands. Praise God. And, and then he cried a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sitteth upon the throne and all that. And down in verse 17 it says, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall then what? Feed them and then shall lead them into living what? Fountains of water. So it means that the lamb which is in the midst of the throne has not yet fed them. And he has not yet led them to living fountains of waters. Now, what um, makes a soul, what makes a soul come out of multitude is feeding and leading. Praise God. Is what feeding and leading. The food of the soul. There is a food of the soul, which the word multitude, um, which means which no man could number. Um, you might think about it as just numerous, very many people. Maybe that's that's the meaning. But what I'm seeing, I'm seeing of people who haven't yet had distinguishing factor for numbering because when you number, to number, you have to first of all distinguish. You have to first of all distinguish them and that numbering here is one of the tools for separation. When, remember the first time that when Israel was numbered in the, in the wilderness, the reason for numbering Israel was to bring about separation. When God told them to, to number all the people and to, and to give all their number, it was so that you can, he can collect a tribe for himself and then give each of them sort of places of inheritance based on who they are. And he brought, he said, okay, bring one tribe closer. They brought Levi closer. And you saw out of Levi, he began to still bring numbering among the families. Praise the Lord. And he came into the house of Aaron and also began, began to number. So the word number in, uh, you see numbering here also in the beginning of chapter 7 was also related to the tribes of Israel. And he said that out of the tribes, he brought 12,000. He brought 12,000. 12,000. Are you seeing the sense here? So the reason for numbering so the Israel, <laughs> praise God, Hallelujah. Israel, um, Israel actually means, another word for Israel is almost, in, is almost like a, a numbered people, a people who God, when you look at Gentiles, the Bible calls Gentiles dogs. The word Gentile actually means dogs. So dogs, God, does, God doesn't care about their number because they are not his own people. Do you understand what I mean? I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking about the, there's a way of the God carries his own people in his own heart. And then he begins to, he can number them and say, you are numbered among my own company. Praise the Lord. So to number people, um, it has to do with, there has to be a sort of a transformation that has to occur within the soul, property within the soul, that can make God number the soul and take the soul as his own kind of soul. Do you believe what I'm saying this morning? Praise the Lord. 
now the, the numbering of these people um, is, first of all, he said, he showed me a great multitude, a multitude which no man, that was no man, means you couldn't bring a kind of separation within these people. Say multitude. 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 Praise God, the multitude. You know, Jesus was always dealing with different kinds of people. You know, in the book of, in the Gospels, Synoptic Gospels, they, always, they never say how many the multitude are. Have you ever seen where they said, and Jesus was sitting down and then 5,000 multitudes came to him. They don't usually number the multitude. They just say the multitude. But when it comes to Jesus, sometimes they'll say the 12. They'll say the 12, the 12, the 12, because in the scripture, numbering is like a prophetic, numbers mean something in the spirit. Praise God. So actually, disciples, the purpose of numbering spiritually is for to, is to, is for numbering is to separate disciples. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. Numbering is to do what? Is to separate what? Disciples. To separate them. You have to number them to what? To separate them. Praise the Lord. So, the, and you see, the, the number is important. When Judas sinned and then Judas died, they told them that you have to actually cast lots and find a way to complete the number. So they have to find a way to find somebody to complete that number. It means it must be 12. Why? Because 12 means something. The number must be complete. Amen. Now, so, so you, you tie numbering to discipleship. And then what is discipleship? To make a disciple. To make a disciple. A disciple is somebody who is being fed and being led. A disciple is who? Is somebody who is what? Who is being fed and who is being led. Those are the two things that have to do with discipleship. Now, this discipleship here is not discipleship class when you get born again. This discipleship is talking about the discipleship of God. That our God, you know, not only Jesus wants disciples, that God actually wants disciples after him. And another word for disciple is a servant. A disciple is also what? A servant. The disciple is somebody who is serving. So in, in verse chapter... This is chapter 7, the beginning of chapter 7, verse 1. It says, And after these things I saw four angels standing in the corner, four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to her the sea, saying, Taught not the, the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which are sealed. So, number, servants are numbered. So, I'm, I'm trying to lift the concept of numbering from the physical understanding you have. I want to move it into the way the Holy Ghost used it in scriptures. That numbering doesn't just mean counting. Number means you, they won't number a thing 
until what you have, until journeying has occurred. Until journeying has occurred. There is a season where people should not be numbered. You wonder, why did God, why was God angry with David when he numbered Israel? You know, in the wilderness, it was God who said number. <laughs> and they numbered for the purpose of separation. Put men in their places. Okay, this tribe is a separated tribe. Out of this, those who have acquired separation, there are those who need to be called into acquiring of holiness. And he put them, those ones will be around the tabernacle. And you see, the purpose of numbering is to bring about, is to, is to define a soul's place in the spirit. To define where a person stands in the spirit. Praise God. So, this numbering here, which you're talking about, is, is also a, me, a, a, a means, a number. Number. La parihatos. Thank you, Father. Amen. Number. Now, every, there is no numbering in the spirit until a, a, what the number in the spirit are images. What the number are what are images. Images. Say images. 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 What a number are images. Now, the, 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 there's a realm in the spirit where, according to in the sight of God, where, God, where numbering counts the most is in the realm of the most holy. We're talking about the numbering according to God's own specification. So it's very clear that these people who they had to number Move them beyond multitude. You know, you saw them, they came first. They sealed them. They sealed the servants of God. Then they showed you another people, which are, the, which are still multitude. So who are multitude? Multitude are souls that have not yet been numbered. Now, why haven't they been numbered? It's because they have not yet been led. And what makes them not being led? They have not yet been fed to be led. So feeding is the food for leading. That. Except you feed, if you don't feed the sheep, it's hard to lead the sheep. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't feed the sheep, what happens? It's hard to lead the sheep. Then you see numbering, you see the concept of numbering later, I think in chapter 13 of Revelation. Let's quickly see chapter 13. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I'm following this, this, this part this morning, but God will take us somewhere. Amen. Praise God. In Revelation chapter 13, you see them making an association between number and name. Praise God. In verse 18, Revelation 13, verse 18, it says, here is wisdom, that let him that had understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 666. So you see, 666, 603 score and 6 is a, is a kind of a number, but now, you say, what are they numbering? They're not numbering people. It's the number given to what? Given to a man. 
Now, so this number, when it says the number of a man, it's talking about is the number of a kind of man. It's a number of a type of a man. There's a kind of man who has this number. Count the number of this man. Praise God. So that nature of the Antichrist or the nature of the beast in the scripture is actually the soul that has attained a particular number in the spirit. Now it's very clear that the, 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 this beast, the problem God has with this beast or the Antichrist is his nature. Or you can call it nature, or you can call it an image. It's his nature, it's, an, it's his image, and then it's his name. You can't separate those things. Nature, his image, is his name. So his number... Rather, in that place, they didn't tell you this number is the number of the beast. They said you should count it. Praise God. Count the number of the beast. They said it is the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score, and six. Praise God. In verse 17, let's, let's see verse 17. It says that, and no man can buy or sell, save he... Praise God, that has the mark of the beast or the name of the beast. They are, they are the same thing. He that has the mark of the beast or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So it means that 666, that 666 is talking about the, a kind of an image that is in the beast that he can reproduce in people. Right. Do you agree with me? So it's very, it's very, very clear. 666 is not something they write on your head. 666. Yeah. Six, six. Some people have put tattoo. People who are looking for devil say, 666, six, six. devil, come and take me. I'm your man right now. And devil will never come. Because this number is not the body of men that will bear it. It's the soul of men that will bear the number. Right? It's called the number of his name. I know we talk about names before. We said that names are types in the spirit. Types of entities in the spirit. They've, they've established, if you go in the realm of the spirit, you can, they, will, if you, they can call name and they will tell you, okay, this name, we know what kind of entity this name is. This is an entity that resides in this kind of place and this kind of estate. So the name, Satan has his own name spiritually. And his name is titled his nature. The nature of destruction, which he has. Praise God. Now, and you now see that the, so the same, the devil doesn't have his own method of doing things. He has the same technology, the same wisdom that God put inside of him. That's the same wisdom that he's using. So God is trying to number men. He wants to number men too. Everything that God wants to do concerning man, he wants to do it too. God wants to give men an image. Those who he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. That was God's program. That's what God is about giving image, right? To make people conform to the image. What image is that? The image which will bear the glory of God. Right? Because later I said those who he, he foreknew, he predestinated, he called them. Those who he called, he justified. And those who he justified is what? He glorified them. Amen. And so that glory is talking about the glory that will come upon a specific image, praise the Lord, 
which God will put upon men. But God is creating image. Satan is also okay. Me, I also want an image too. That you're not the only one who will have image. If you can produce image on the earth, I too can produce my own man and my own image. So if you think about what's the work of the devil upon the earth, it's very simple. It's actually to raise an image. God is doing his own work on this side. Satan is doing his own work on this side. Okay, let's see. You raise your image. Let me raise my own. My own word. My own image. So if God is raising images and Satan is raising images, it means that Satan is also raising servants. Right? He's also raising servants. Now, what does that mean? If he is also raising servants, it means he's also feeding people and leading people. Very simple, very simple thing, right? You see what's going on. He is also feeding people and what? And leading people. As God is feeding people and God is what? Leading people. It means that Satan is also a shepherd. To souls. You can't, you can't, um, when you see, when you see Satan's true identity in the spirit, the way he is, his nature, you know, it's not easy to see it. He's hidden. He's actually hidden. When he will, he will fall down in that day, they will look at him and say, are you the one who weakened everybody? You, this Lucifer? When God will disgrace him and bring him down. Say, ah, you are, so you are the one. Hey, Lucifer. Say, Lucifer, how ah, that falling from heaven? Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, who did weaken? The nation. Now, in that place in Isaiah, they, they, they said they were asking, they would not really look upon him and say, are you, are you become like one of us? With all your boasting and everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because God would have brought him, in fact, where he is right now, he has already been destroyed. Jesus had already destroyed him. But the only thing that's keeping him is the covenant that he has made with men. Allegiance. So God can, God will not just take him away until there's a, there's a legal justification for him. If the men who, are, who own the earth are still beings with his image. God cannot take him away. When God is coming, you say, God, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We know you created the earth, the heaven is your footstool, everything. Earth is your footstool, heaven is your throne. We know you own the earth. But you see, the guys who you gave the earth to, check them, what image is inside of them. Do you understand what I mean? Now, Satan is Satan is banking on the he's, he's, he is tied to the existence of the present. That's so he will fight everything he can to keep the present down. What's present? It means the current life. Because the more he can keep life going the way it is, the more he prolongs his own judgment. He can see the lake of fire. He sees it in the, somewhere in the spirit. He knows when he checks his destiny. He knows, he knows where in the spirit this kind of nature should end up. That's why when they put him in the lake of fire at the end of Revelation, he doesn't argue. And they didn't, they didn't fight a war. Just one angel came and bound him up and first of all put him in the bottomless pit. When it was time, they took him and put him in. No, it's not, no argument. When, in the spirit, they don't argue about place. In the spirit, 
praise God. It's in, on the earth that people argue about place. In the realm of the spirit, when people, when you get there, you look at how you are, you know where people who look like you are, and you go and join them. <laughs> praise God, the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, what the, this thing called say numbering, number. So, God Himself is so. They are between chapter seven of Revelation, chapter seven of Revelation. Amen. Amen. See chapter seven, and then chapter thirteen of Revelation. You're seeing God and the devil doing similar things. Right? Between chapter 7 and chapter 13, they are doing similar things. What are they doing? Numbering people and naming them. Numbering people and naming them. Numbering, not just numbering, you see them also leading people. Praise God. Let's see a little bit. Let's look at this beast in chapter 13 from verse 1. Praise God. Chapter 13, verse 1. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having what? Seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns, ten crowns. Upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. So the beast has a name too, right? And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were, were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and the great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after, he, after the beast. So you know, of course, the dragon is Satan. And the devil, they had introduced that dragon in chapter 12 before. Praise God. Now, um, amen. amen. Okay, let's go on. Then verse 4, you see these people on the earth, the, I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. That's verse 3. And his deadly wound was healed and all the world wandered after the beast. Verse 4, and they worshipped the, the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast and who is, to, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and the tabernacle and them that would dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindred and tongues and what nation. And all them and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship who? Him. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation 
Now, if any man has an ear, let him what? Hear. So, this, this is almost like, you know, the book of Revelation is painting a picture of a showdown that's going to happen. It's the kind of showdown that's going to happen. And whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Praise God. What is a showdown? It's a showdown of worship. It's like the, the war of worship. That's where the world is getting into. It's like a war. It's an inevitable war of worship. War is that you see two, two orders who are invested upon the earth to raise worshippers out of the earth. Who are invested to raise worshippers and start as servants. Worshippers are also what? Servants. They're invested to raise worshippers. Now, one thing that every person who lives upon the earth, one thing that you can never escape doing is worshipping. That's one thing. Every soul upon the earth, every person who has a soul on the earth is a worshipper. You must worship something. Every man worships something. Living is worshipping. As long as his soul is alive, that soul is worshipped. I'm an atheist. You are an atheist in your mind. Praise God. You know, and I love the word atheist. Atheist means someone who doesn't believe in God. So it means your being is still relative to God. You know what I mean? So you don't believe in God, and they are agnostics and atheists and all that. But you not believing in God has nothing to do with whether God is there or not. And the, the agnostics those are even the funny ones. They say, I don't know. Thank God they are humble. They say they don't even know. <laughs> Praise God. But not knowing or refusing to take the exploit or finding God out doesn't absorb a soul from being a worshiper. Every soul is worshiping something. What does that mean? That means that a soul who, any soul who is living on the earth is giving offering to a spirit. Yeah. A spirit is collecting what? and offering worship from a soul. Souls don't have the ability to deny worship to spirits. Why? Because as long as you are not an animal, you will worship. Praise God. It means that the worship of souls on the earth has a significance, right, in the balance of things in the spirit. It affects, whether you like it or not, you affect the balance of things in the spirit. Now, one other important, important thing of number is that when it comes to the earth, the number of souls affects, it has a legal implication in the spirit in terms of who can have, who can have, who can take over the the air, what you call the air of the earth. The air means the, the heaven facing the earth. From where men pick their thoughts from. The heavens over the earth is where men do what? Is where men pick their thoughts. Say thoughts. Thoughts. You know, thoughts for men come from above. Nobody knows where their thoughts come from. Right. 
Say thoughts. Thought comes, thought, thought are like, almost like birds that perch on men. Mm. Perch on man, and he begins to think and think and think and think and, and think. If he's not able to shake it off, that thought will stay. And thoughts are cultural of souls. Thought culture souls. When his soul is taking a thought and thinking and thinking, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The kind of, when you see a person, sir, who is Wesley? Wesley is the summation of all the thoughts you have taken. And I look at Wesley, this is Wesley, I look at Benji, this is Benji. What's the difference between Benji and Wesley? The difference in the thoughts that they have taken. Any thought you let to perch on your head and you leave it there, you will become that thought. Do you understand? Any thought you allow to stay with you and you fellowship with thoughts, after a while, you see the heart respond to thoughts. So, mm. thoughts is actually the thoughts is how men worship mm. through thoughts. Say thought. Mm. Thought. After a while, thought becomes imagination. Mm. When thought has been infused with spirit, and I mean handled by heart, usage of thought in the inside becomes imagination. Then, after a while, every imagination will become an image mm. in the heart. So thoughts build imaginations. Imagination construct image on the inside. Also, I'm just trying to describe to you what spirits are doing. Just what they do. This is their business. Upon the earth. So when are going to work, when are going to school, when are doing taking care of their kids, having their family, buying house, doing development, exploring. They are doing all these things, but they are under supervision <laughs> by spirits. Spirits, spirits is men move on the earth according to the distribution of thoughts. Yeah. 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 You see in the spirit, praise God, I'm, I'm painting a picture of the spiritual landscape to you. In the, realm of, in the spirit, spirits distribute thoughts to people, to a nation. Say so you type of people, Let's, these are your thoughts, this is your inheritance, this is your lot of, think this way. Okay. The Nigerian man has his thought. The Chinese man has his thought. The Canadian man has his thought. The American man has his thought. Are you getting what I'm saying? They, and according to the thoughts that they take, that's what kind of image and what kind of imagination that they have. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the work of spirit, remember in the book of um, Colossians, amen. He said, I, um, amen, you had he quickened. Amen. Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, sorry. Ephesians chapter 2, he said, verse 1, it says, you had he quickened who were once dead in trespasses and sins. In Wherein you, in time past, you once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, according to the cause of this world. Amen. According to the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that walketh in the world, the children of disobedience. So when you say the word prince, say prince. Prince or principality are taught spirits. 
a prince or a principality are what? Are thought spirits. They are spirits that, who, they are spirits who transact in thought. Principalities are spirits who what? Remember when, when Daniel was praying and fasting to break into a thought. He said, I searched by books in the days. He was trying to figure out the revelation concerning the, the prophecy concerning Israel. He was having a blockade in the spirit. And, he said, and, and then the message came by and through an angel and was, coming to, he was going to give the revelation to, da, to Daniel. And he said, the prince of Persia withstood him. He said, prince. So it means that the prince of Persia is the principality that controls the thoughts that are taken in that region of Persia, that no man in Persia should think any thought outside what the princes have decided that men should think. And in that region of Persia, you will see people who are having inventions, who are having, in their own mind, they're having breakthrough thoughts. But they don't, that, thought they, that breakthrough they have is a breakthrough to them. But it's not, it's not really a breakthrough. You haven't broken through anything. It's pretty just given a fresh dimension of what to think. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to open, open us up to when you, call, when you say, when you look, look at the realm of the spirit, where real spirits transact is in the realm of thought. Why? Because only thought will produce an image in a person. Praise God. It is chapter 13 of Revelation. Let's go back there. Now, you know who the Antichrist is, right? The Antichrist is a man. They call him a beast here, but the Antichrist is a, is a man who will bear, who will have the, uh, this dragon, Satan, will give him his seat, his power, and his what? Authority. Why? Because he has been raised fully on the earth to come into the name which can bear that authority. Spiritually. Amen. Now, and he will be a man upon the earth. And verse 7, he says that, okay, let's read from verse, verse 4. It says, they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? And who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. And then what? Them that dwell in where? In heaven. So you see the tabernacle and heaven, they are connected because the tabernacle is a type of heaven. And he gave, him, gave unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindred and tongues and nations. Now, so this is the interesting part. The interesting part of this is that he had power not just to overcome all, not just to overcome Gentiles, but it was giving power to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. 
Now, it's very clear that the saints who he will be able to overcome will be those who are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. Read verse 8. It says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So you can see that him overcoming the saint is not overcoming them to kill them, that they no longer exist anymore. Him overcoming them is to turn them, saints, to worshippers. Saints who can worship, who can worship who? Amen. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. Power was given unto, given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So anybody whose name is not written in the book of life on the law of the Lamb, when this time comes, they will worship him. When this image comes, they will worship him. Now, this beast who will overcome them and cause them to worship, who is he going to be? He's going to be a, a kind of man who has come into a certain stature. See, he who had wisdom, let him number. Let him know the count of the, the, of this, of the beast. The, the number of the beast is six word, six, six. That's the count of his nature. So the, the count of six, six, six is the kind of nature that a man can have which no ordinary man can resist. The kind of man which no ordinary man can what? No ordinary man can resist. Is a nature which no ordinary man can what? Can resist. What can they resist? They cannot resist the authority of his life. The authority of his life. Now, who is this beast? He's a kind of a king. He will be a kind of a king on the earth. But a king which God did not enthrone. A king which Satan enthroned. See the early verses. He said he will receive the seat of of the devil. And he will give him his seat, not only his seat, and he will give him his authority. So it's very clear that this beastly nature is the nature of a man who would have received the authority to, he will be, he actually, to be honest with you, he is the Christ of Satan. So God is raising his own Christ. The devil will raise his own Christ. And the, and the way they, they put it is that this man is called the Antichrist. So the Antichrist, which is the anti-God's Christ, is the Christ of the devil. The word the Christ means the anointed one. It means this will be the anointed one of Satan. Who Satan will give his own seat, his own authority, and his own name. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a principle of anointed ones in the Bible. Anointed ones are not ordinary people. Anointed ones are those who have the ability to raise worship from men. Yeah. Anointed ones are entities who can teach other men. They are men who can teach other men how to worship. You know that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the bridge of worship. 
that if you tell men, just be, go and worship God, you can't know how to worship God because of the gap between God and man. So God has said, okay, we will raise a Christ to bridge the gap. So a Christ is a bridger of the gap. So the Antichrist will be also a bridger of the gap. He's a ladder. Every Christ is a ladder to climb. You want, a man wants to come into God, to come into God's life and God's presence. They will tell you, okay, you know the ladder called Christ. Climb him. Climb him. Amen. Amen. There's only one God and there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So Christ is the first ladder of mediation between what? God and man. You understand that? So you see that there's also the concept of mediation in the kingdom of darkness. And every mediator must be a man. Do you understand what I mean? Every mediator must be what? Must be a man. Not just an ordinary man. He must be an anointed one. An anointed one is he who is able to step up from just the, the natural life into another kind of life. Do you understand what I mean? So you don't see that um, when you compare this chapter, what they are saying here with let's see we're going to take an interesting route today, but the Lord will make us arrive. Um, in the book of 1 John, Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Praise God. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2. Verse 15. 1 John 2.15, it says that love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Amen. Amen. That if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of who? Is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth word forever. Verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist, as you have heard, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Praise God. He said, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. So there is who, who you call that Antichrist. That Antichrist shall come, but now there are many Antichrists. So you can tell the difference between the many Antichrists that are now and, the Antichrist, and that Antichrist. What's, what's the difference between, praise God. Can you tell me? Huh? Okay, this one I was referring to in Revelation chapter 13, that Antichrist. There are many Antichrists. Are what do you say, they are what? They are multitude. So, so they are multitude on the, in, of, of that has, they've not arisen fully to 
to so that Antichrist, he said, is the number. He who has wisdom, count it, is the number of a man. Right? Then he said, those who have the number of his name. That's the number of his name. So the count is talking about the, the nature count. But many Antichrists still have some degree of, so they are, they are baby Antichrists on the journey. Well, where are they being? Where are they journeying to? To receive their own seal. <laughs> what is the seal? The seal is the name. What God is doing, that's what Satan is doing. There's no difference. Just the same thing. He wants to raise men who he can seal with his own name. But there is all, there's always a first who will rise. There's one who will rise above the other. Like he, he is also he, has, he will have a captain who will rise up like Jesus. Like we also have a captain. As well, who is who is who is Christ? Mm. Who rose up? Yeah. Who will go first? Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. Sorry, you have a question. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> so, sir, when you say that there are many antichrists, so are you saying that they, you know, how like they are the servant, the servants mm. of God mm -hmm. that have fed mm -hmm. and have. Yes. So, for the Antichrist, is it this, that, the many Antichrists? Yes. Is it that they are, obviously, they're getting to that mm -hmm. stature, mm -hmm. but are they servants? What are their servants yet? Yet. No. No, not yet. They're not fully. The word servant, mm -hmm. a full servant, mm -hmm. the, the first servant is this man. Mm -hmm. that, that is called. The, the, the servant, they call him the man of sin. If you read in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, they call him the man of sin. Let's read that. Now, when you say servant, you have to, you have to then add, you have to say, okay, what sense are you talking? Are you talking about a full servant? Or are you talking about somebody who's learning service, you know? uh -huh. Do you understand that? Even in, in, like back in the day when you had servants in houses, they have different degrees. There are those who, are, who when you say someone is going into, like in the, in, the, in, in the British, in the United Kingdom, right? When someone say, I'm, says, I'm going into service, service means you're going to become, you're going to become, you're going to learn to be a servant in a house, in a great house. But first, you have to be a servant in training first. So there are servants in training. The same thing, when you go into the tabernacle, the way God gave Moses the tabernacle, the wisdom of the tabernacle, priests in the tabernacle are servants, but they are servants in training. The only full servant was Moses. Moses, the servant of God, was the, was the full servant of the Old Testament. The sign that he was a full servant is that he's the only person who could go into the most holy and be comfortable there, like his own world. Because he has so much, Moses had gained so much education with God that he would not make any wrong step in the most holy place. Everything with him is accurate. He has full knowledge about that realm of the most holy. What kind of things should be done there? He won't sin in that world. But Aaron has to be careful. He can sin. So they had to define very specific rules. Aaron, go with this, go with that. 
when you go there, he knows exactly what he ought to do. Very specific things. And all of Aaron's dealings in the Most Holy were dealings pertaining to the people. But there's another side of service, which is the real service. is actually to accomplish the actual service of God. So Aaron cannot go there. And then after sprinkling blood everything, I say, ah, Elohim, how are you now? I just said, let me just, I just came to, I just brought um, blood now. I just said, let me just greet you small and see how you're doing. Something wrong because he doesn't know how to approach. God will not be talking to him. You know, God doesn't talk to Aaron. It's only Moses he says. He said, Moses, I will commune with you out of the, because Moses has the, he has the inward, he has been structured inwardly to commune, to commune with God. It means that Moses had, had broken into the song of God, which is the song of the most holy place. There's a way he can, when he enters into that place, he only him will be hearing their melody. He can enter the melody and sing with them. He's talking about the nature song of the most holy place. But Aaron can never know that song. He just come, just bring him blood. And when he's coming, he's not coming as Aaron. He can never come as Aaron. He must come as Israel. So they, they, they build his garment. He has to have the name of all the tribes upon him. He has to be, write their name. Like, I'm, it's not me. Don't look at me. I'm just Israel. I just came to bring the blood of Israel. But Aaron was not a candidate to have full what? Communion with God in the presence of God. Are you seeing that? It was who, who does that? Moses, the servant of God. Read it. Moses, you don't see Aaron, the servant of God? No. You don't talk about Aaron that way. Aaron was the high priest, but Moses, the servant of God. My servant, Moses. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but priests are also servants. Those who serve in the holy place are servants of a type. But they are servants who are still learning how to serve God. Praise God. Does this thing mean anything to you? We can change the message if it doesn't. We'll just talk about something else. If you don't like service too much, you can just say, okay, let's come below service. What do we have there? Huh? Praise God. Okay, Second Thessalonians, very quickly. Yeah, ah, we have to run today. Praise God. Second Thessalonians, um, chapter 2. Okay. Praise God. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be soon, not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That word perdition means destruction. This time of when they say there will be a falling away, what, where, who will fall away? This falling away will be a, a season of a great falling away when it power will be given unto this man of sin to make war with the saints of God and to overcome them. And as many whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they will not have the, the strength to resist him. So many will fall away. Verse 4, look at his stature. 
says, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is what? Worshipped. So it means that he himself, he's, he's, in his nature, is a mandate. Is a nature. What's his nature? The nature of the beast. What's the mandate? To, 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 to siphon all worship to one direction. Is which direction? The direction of he who named him. So he will exalt itself against all that is worshipped, all that is called God. Amen. And now, and so he, that he as God seated in the temple of God, showing himself that he is what? God. Remember you know that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what holder that it might be revealed in this time. Then verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, but only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, but whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the what? Brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the walking of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should what? Believe a lie. That they all might believe, might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So, say strong delusion. Say strong delusion. So strong delusion is the state that is, a, is something that will be wrought by this being that will make him fall into the, that will make him fall into, or that will make people's souls fall into his snare is by, by creating a strong delusion. That thing called strong delusion is a kind of delusion that they will create specifically for saints of God. But Christians who do not, who receive not the love of the truth. When a Christian does not receive the love of the truth, the love of the truth is what will keep the soul immune. Right? Because truth is the commodity of worshippers. Right? What Jesus said to that woman right in, at the well, he said that the time is coming and now is where true worshippers we worship for the Father in spirit and in truth because the Father, he seeketh such to worship him. So the servants of God are people who have broken into truth. Why? Why? Why must truth? Say in, in Psalm, 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 Psalm 91, say thy truth shall be a shield and a buckler. A shield, truth is a shield and a buckler in the spirit. Why? Because truth is the only defense against the, 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 the waves and tide of lies. So when you say strong delusion, it's actually a form, it's an evolution of lies. Lie, when someone, when someone is believing lie, 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 so those who receive not the truth have lie, they condone lie. After a while, lie will grow and become a monster and become a strong delusion. That the mind, you can't break the, yourself out of a lie, of, the, of that lie. 
So because the, 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 the saints believe, he will cause them to believe a lie. When he calls them to believe a lie, they don't know. After a while, they look at him, oh, you are so beautiful. When they see him, they will see what they should worship. Uh, uh, yes, this is what, this is what, what we've been looking for since. Right? That's what we've been looking for since. This is the pattern. This is how men ought to live upon the earth. Are you seeing that, that language? That's a soul that has been overcome. It's not war and fight, arrow, dagger, gun, nuclear bomb. That's not the way they will overcome the saints of God. If you bomb a person, you've not overcome them. You just kill them. <laughs> if you kill somebody, you've not overcome them. The soul is still the same. You can separate the soul from the body. You've not, you've not overcome them. When you say that, that Antichrist, when he's making war with his soul, to make war with the soul is to turn the soul towards his direction of worship. It's a willful kind of thing. When they overcome the soul, it means they've disarmed you. You ask, ah, you're so wonderful. You're so beautiful. When he comes, this man of sin, this, people, this being we call the beast that we think will have horns. No, he won't have horns like that. He'll be a nice man. He'll be a nice man that men will look at and will want to worship. When they see him, they will see God in him. That war, why? But the God they will see is the God which the, the lie they've been believing has created and has constructed. I want you to say true worshippers. There's such a thing. Oh. There's such a thing. See, it's not we all go to church. Hey, look. Praise God. <laughs> Satan is not afraid of church. The way we have defined church. That, you know the way church is, you know the way we define church, you know the way the building, everything, when you come inside there, this is what you feel when you're in church. You lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. You feel like this is the only God. That if they can open your eye to see how many beings are in that kind of place, that place. All the spirits that come to church. When you are going, mm, lipstick and everything, wearing shirt and everything, gilly and everything, going to church. Praise God. You, don't, you think you are the only one who's going to church? You don't know there are spirits too who wait, wait for Sunday morning to go to church. Amen. You see, you see a pulpit, but there are churches that you see a pulpit, they don't know that. when they open your eye, you can see like three pulpits. Oh. Yeah. There are many. <laughs> when any time, anywhere, do you think, is a, you know what we think? We think Satan and his demons are in the beer parlor and in the strip clubs. You think where they will, because we don't know who they are. Where they go is where men's, where are men's worship flowing to. That's what they are interested in. People are not really worshiping in strip clubs and all those places. That's not where worship are. Worshippers are. People who are in those places are, are, are people who um, have sickness. 
When I say sickness, I mean sicknesses that make people useless to spirits. That when they look at you, like someone who drinks now and gets drunk, a spirit, like I said before the other day, they be like, let's leave this guy, let's go and look for other serious people. <laughs> so bear Paolo, that's not where, that's not where evil spirits are. You see where prostitutes are? You say, ah, that's the den of all the spirits. It's not, that's not where they are. You see, church, highest, you have the highest amount of invested interest of evil spirits. They want to know what's happening there, church. Church. Anything that has to do with church, they're interested. Because that's where people, the people who matter in the world, that's where they are. You see, church, then, now, now going to the other other high points. The Bible calls them mountains. They are mountain. Mountain is the, the place where worship happens. Yes, mountain is a amen. So there are, there are mountains in the world. And that place where you see spirits plenty. Anywhere money is flowing. Why? Because money, because they, they, they won't have checks that, okay. Now, when it comes to powers, things that can call worship, religion is high up there. So that's why they go around churches, places that people, means what will a man die for? What will he, what, you know, what will he, what can he, what makes his heart, the depth of his heart move and shake and beat? They know those places on the earth. That's where spirits are invested in those places. The first place is church. The second place is anywhere money flows. Because they found that when you plot graph in the spirit, where money is going is where souls are going. <laughs> It's true now. Am I lying? You're not lying, sir. Even in, in law enforcement, it's a common term. Follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> they say, ah, there's a crime here. We don't know who did it. Everybody will just say, hey, was there money involved? Follow the money. You will, you will catch the person. Why? Because it's hard to, to separate soul from money. They say it's the root of all evil. Man, when you see evil, you find, check the root. Money is the one carrying it. Evil rides on money. Because money is the, is the glue that, that attaches things to men. Things. And what are things? Things are what Satan has defined to man to worship. Acquisitions. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So that, so that, that means then that in your workplace, there are more evil spirits there than in the local bar, or the local, local brothel. Far more. Now, how many evil spirits are in Wall Street? <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, sir. So, how you know where spirits are invested in is check where the cares of men are invested. Mm-hmm. What things men care about? Yes, things that men, that when I say men, I mean serious men. Yes, Not the clean one, the one who wears suits and tie. Not the playful ones who are in beer parlors, who are unstable suits. I mean the ones who you can bank on. The one who every morning at a time, he wakes up at that time. He has, a, he has his devotion. He knows he will do his thing, he will wear his suit, he go. You can, you can never mistake him. He can never, he can never fall out by mistake of that. That's what you call worship. Say worship. worship. Are you seeing that nature? It's worship. Wait, I'm not saying don't go to work. Okay. 
I always have to say that. I have to. You know why? Because of the spirits are, are evil. They can take what you're saying. And out of all, everything I said, one evil spirit will take that thing. That will be the only thing they saw over here. And we'll be in there. You see image of not waking up every day. <laughs> because secretly in their heart, they've always wanted to do that. Now the, now the preacher has given an excuse. Ah! God has delivered us from this, from this, uh, this rat race. No, I'm not delivering you, okay? <laughs> Praise God. So it's not really about the job. It's about men, the way men have been trained to do it. With their soul. They tie their life, their person, their image, their reputation, everything about them is tied to it. Anywhere you see such a thing, that is worship. Spirits are involved. That's why it's not easy to be free. To be free, if you just if you are just in this world and you are just coasting, you are just coasting in this world, you won't by mistake stumble into the truth. The truth is not something that you coast into. You know why? Because of all the investment of spirits, they'll make sure that you'll never find it. The entire system of existence on the earth is against the truth. It's against the truth. Because of the fall of man, we surrendered our earth to spirits who came and began to culture man. At one point, they came and brought the idea, can we make something called money? Who's, who, the first person who thought of that, that we can create a system where everybody... Can. It's, a, it's, a, it's a common language. You know, are you seeing that thing? That Babel. Babel. What was happening at the Tower of Babel? That their common language that they were speaking. God had to break it. And <laughs> because if, he said, if we leave these guys the way they are going, with this kind of formation, there's nothing they will set their mind to do that they won't do. Amen. So it's very clear. Money, there's still... The devil came and then they invented another language. Ah. That money is the language that in every culture they respond to it. <laughs> you see guys who don't speak the same language, they just come before you know it. They've done deal and they've gone. Different cultures, but they can meet. There's a place they meet. You see guys, even where they come from, their culture, they have culture clash, they fight but they can come to a, a neutral point and sign trade deal. <laughs> it means that that money, that money power is more powerful than whatever cultural differences yeah. that they have. Wow. <laughs> this whole war with Ukraine is a very funny something that's going on right now. I'm just I'm watching what's going on. I'm watching the US. Hey! I said, is this the great United States? They come out, they put in this, you are evil, you are a monster, everything. But they are still buying 10% of their oil comes from there. <laughs> it took courage, a lot of backlash before they could finally. You know why? Because once you stop that oil flowing, everybody will feel it. <laughs> The guy who doesn't know anything about Ukraine war or anything, who just goes, lives about his normal life, who bought gas at 
one dollar before. We just go and they say, gas has now one dollar, what, two dollars or what? So it means that that guy will know about Ukraine war by force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Money. Money. Where you cannot send email to money can, can get the information across. <laughs> It will flow. Say, Mammon. That's so why Jesus said, You can't do that thing. Is a master. <laughs> you can't love to masters. Do you know what kind of master that guy is? He's a master. Why? Because it's, it is the purchasing part. Imagine how evil is such a thought. But let's summarize all of man's having potential. It means potential to have things into just a very simple thing you can put in his pocket. So. So someone, someone, so someone inside his pocket, someone inside his pocket can be carrying ships, airplanes, houses, sometimes countries, because some guys, the money they have can buy countries. But it's inside, it's just very easy, simple, inside his pocket. Destruction made easy. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, so a soul will not will not be able to arrive at the truth until you have heaven to possess you with the courage. Courage to question the life that has been defined for everybody. Question, to question it. It's not easy to question it. It's not easy. It's not easy. Praise God. Say worship. 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 Yeah. So where spirits are Congregated at the mountains of on the earth. Mountain, mountains, mountains, mountains upon the earth. Thank you. So those mountains are not physical mountains, they are mountains where souls congregate. Souls on the earth have common mountains where they go to. Those who worship on the mountain of fame, they know themselves. They speak the same language. When they are so jammed, so we just talk to so. They will calculate and say, oh, we know, we know each other. Mm. We speak the same language. We know what to do. Mm. We, what are they, they are keeping their status. Mm-hmm. No souls who are status, status awake, status aware. Mm. They can detect themselves. You can, you can be in a, it's a group of 10 people. But inside that temple, there's a civil war going on. You might not know. If you are not opened, if your heart is not, if you are not serving in that world, what's the word? World of status and ego. You wouldn't know what's going on. But you would know that in that group, there are people, there's actually civil war. People are fighting. Might be, there might just be two guys there. 
who are, who, who what? They know they are in the, the fellowship in the same mountain. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You understand it? You get what I'm trying to say? Amen. And the problem with all these things is that they stop God. They stop God. They affect God receiving worship. That's the problem with it. It's not that, it's not really that maybe God hates good things. No, you don't understand. Did God not make them? Say the cardinal in thousands is are mine. God who has given us, say we should not trust in uncertain riches. But we should trust in God who has given us freely all things, as Paul was telling Timothy. Right? Who has given us freely all things to enjoy. So God actually has, his goal that we enjoy all things. On the earth, but the things that, after God made things and gave to man, another being came and said, you see these things God made to you, we can tie your life to it. So it's when a man now begins to see those things. When you say the man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of his possession, but when means someone has done a thing to make a man calculate what his life consists upon as the things which he possesses what upon the earth. Praise God. So in that place, that John, first John chapter 2, where he was saying many antichrists, you read earlier, he first said, Love not the world. He was talking about the love of the world and the things in the world. That was the segue into talking about the nature of the antichrist. Because he knows that's where, you see, there's many antichrists, they are lovers of the world. Praise God. So the world, they'll say the world. The world is the. The world is the is the is the visible or the is the first kind of anti-Christ image that the soul will encounter. The soul will encounter. So the world prepares the soul for the beast. The world prepares the soul for what? For the beast. So any soul that, is, that remains worldly, after a while, will become a worshiper after the, the kind of worship that the beast wants to raise. Right, so the graduation in God's Satan's mind is worldly soul to a beastly soul. From a worldly soul to a beastly soul. Like it's a trajectory. Amen. In the book of the image of the of the world in the book of Revelation, praise the Lord. Chapter 17. When the woman, we saw the woman who was sitting upon many waters. Right? Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. It says, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials. And talk with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show thee the judgment of that great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of what? Her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. 
And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and what? Abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Amen. In verse 15, very quickly, without time, without wasting time, And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the horse seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and what? And tongue. Amen. Verse 9. He says, And there, here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman seated. And there are seven kings, five are fallen. One is, and the other is not yet come. And when he is come, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. Amen. That word goeth into perdition, is, that's actually the son of perdition. Amen. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, or receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And this shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of, all, of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called the choosing and faithful. Those who are with the lamb, who overcame, are called the choosing. So it's very clear the choosing and faithful are, who are the choosing that they numbered? those who have been numbered. They are choosing and faithful. They are choosing and what? And faithful now. So you're seeing here that there's a lot in this place. Praise God. Well, one one of the things you see is the concept of this woman who made fornication, made fornication with kings. This woman is actually the spirit, we know, the spirit of the world. Right? The spirit of the world. Who Fornicates. She has a cup of wine in her hand. That, that wine, she, she serves them to kings of the earth. She pours wine into their, the king, the cup of kings. She fills them. They make them drunk with her wine. Now, so these kings of the earth are not the kings of nations. These kings of the earth are the kings of the earth. Who are the kings of the earth? They are the kings of the mountains where men worship. So it means that presidents and kings don't have level. King Fahadov, and with all due respect to them, to the queen, Elizabeth, and the others, they don't really have level when it comes to this thing. They don't really, they are just, they are mostly figureheads. They're not the kings of the earth. The kings of the earth are, who are they? They are the, the, the icons which men look to, yeah. who define life. You see, Satan will raise one man in a generation. Everybody wants to be like him. 
is a king. He himself doesn't know he's a king. But what he's serving, kings are those who have been raised to serve wine to nations. Make nations drunk. What is wine? It's wine in spirit for worship. Just serve wine. Men will become drunk. The kind of life they want is this kind of life. They just define, they don't even know how, but amen. Praise God, but that was somehow they just have a life. Praise God. So it's very clear that the person, the person who is prescribing that way of living, they has not, will not show his face to them. You're seeing, the, you're seeing the pattern of mediums. You see, that beast is, who, is the real guy who wants the allegiance of men. But rather, he brought a woman who is riding upon him. Upon the beast, he's riding upon him. He's the one carrying her. She, the beast leads the world. Worldliness is led. Worldliness is not just some organic, organic thing. People just, you know how we feel, culture just shifts, culture moves, culture diverges. It's a lie. It's a lie. Spirits control the culture. They will say, it's time for this. All men will start doing it. You know why? Why, why, does everybody, why does everybody have to do the same thing? It's a sign that the spirit is involved. When you see men are just doing the same thing, you don't know why. Something is because spirits are involved. It's a wine. It's a wine. It's being poured from somewhere. That beast will serve wine, concentrated wine, and give to the, the woman will then distribute them to the kings. Kings of the earth. You see, those who are not too interested in money, they have their own thing they are interested in. That, re- that region has a king there as well. And it's not the king of a nation. It's the, one, it's, it's the king usually those who excel the most in that thing. You have, for example, king of philanthropy as a way upon the earth. You, you can mention those who they, who they excel in it. They are the model. And if every philanthropist has somebody wants to be like. <laughs> Each religion has their own kings. Say, ah, those Christians, they have one. Of course, it has one. It has. It has. You say, who is the king? Don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> That's not the point. That's beside the point. But there will be king. They are kings. They are kings of Christianity who are not modeling the Christian life. They are not models of the life of Christ. Rather, they are models of the worldly construct of religion, which Christianity has cut their own portion of it. You see the craze. All pastors want to be like them. All Christians, you just you check it, you see Christianity evolves. Brand. Different kind, just be changing. You know, Christianity now is not where Christianity was th- three decades ago or so. Some things have shifted. Even though the Bible did not shift, but things shifted. You find, you find that Christianity flows more with culture than with God. Praise God. 
So Jesus Christ said there will be a time when no longer in this mountain or in that mountain will men worship, but true worshipers. They are those who will worship God in spirit and in truth. Those who can worship in spirit. Say spirit, spirit. and truth. See, those are, those are high commodities. For a soul to arrive at spirit and truth, a lot of things must have happened to the soul. The soul must have been taken through some reconfiguration. And be not conformed to this world. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It means that nobody can arrive at true worship. True worship, the end of true worship is the offering of living sacrifice to God. Holy and acceptable. God doesn't accept anything. Contrary to the modern thought, God doesn't accept everything. There's sacrifice that's holy and acceptable. God has standards. And the standard, holy and acceptable unto God. Be ye transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewer and of your mind. So a renewed mind is, what does a renewed mind do with a renewed mind? What's the point of a renewed mind? That you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's the work of a renewed mind. So without a mind coming to discern the good, acceptable, so the, those levels of the will are the levels of the wills of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the good will. There's the acceptable will, which is the will of peace. After when justification of by faith has occurred, you have peace with God. Right? Acceptable then you have the perfect will of God. Amen. So a soul that has gone through that process, that is the soul that will offer what you call a living sacrifice. So a soul, present yourself as living sacrifice, your body as living sacrifice. Now when they say present your bodies, your body, body. You know, presenting your own body, your body is the test of sacrifice. What the soul, what the body, what the soul is now leading the body to do. They can test it. Amen. So it's very clear that, the, that living sacrifice are, is a sacrifice that men who are living in the sight of God offer to God. That living is not living after you are alive, no. We're talking about living in terms of God because Check the, 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 the progression of that thought in Romans chapter 12, right? Check the progression of the thought that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. That you might to offer what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So living sacrifice means the, the sacrifice of God or the sacrifice of the living God. So the people who or offer living sacrifice are the servants of God. Do you, get, do you get what I'm trying to say? The servants of God are those who have been numbered by God. 
who have been taken by God by going to the cause of his will. Praise God. They are beginning to open up the narrow path and show it again and say, look, this path is still narrow. And God will help us. God will begin to heal broad minds. By perversion of doctrines, all kind of doctrines in the body of Christ that are deceived men. It's called all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, who receive not the love of the truth. It's a delusion that will make a soul. The delusion is making a soul begin to think that God is broad. Like maybe God, as if he has changed, is no longer narrow. The way that led to God is no longer narrow. It's actually broad. It's a deception. There will be a time when you see a a, a person who is laden with lust and the love of himself will be confident in himself that he's just waiting to see God. That he he will believe that God is in love with him, that God is actually waiting to embrace him. That's the delusion. Because they will carve out, there will be a time when men will no longer endure sound doctrine. But rather, they will, now, they will heap for themselves teachers. Means they will begin to choose, hey, teacher of the narrow way, put your, please. That, things have changed now. You know what I'm talking about. God is a good God. So they will begin to find teachers who can teach them about the broad-heartedness of God. God who wants to accept every man, no matter how you are. Just come. It's okay. Are you born again? There was no problem. I, I'm a smiling God. I like all people. They will, they will, and there will be preachers in the last days who are so anointed. They will be anointed to preach that God. They will labor. They will preach that God. They will preach him. They will use scripture to raise image of that God. Who is that God? That God who has no standard. The God who has forgotten about holiness, who doesn't care anymore. The God who doesn't care about how you live. Don't pursue with anything you like as long as you are giving your tithe and you're doing it. Okay, no problem. You see preachers who, are, who will be anointed. Not by God, of course. But what we've studied tonight, we've seen where the anointing flows from. Those saints who overpower, you think they're not preachers there. They're also preachers there. Amen. Amen. When Jesus said, when, when um, Peter's eyes opened, the father illuminated him. and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then said to him that, look, flesh and blood has not revealed all these things to you. He said, my father in heaven. Amen. He said, upon this rock will I build my church. That rock is the rock of that kind of revelation. Which the father brings. Which, the revelation which flesh and blood does not give. Upon that kind of rock will I build my church. And then when I build it, the gates of hell will not prevail. Who are the gates of hell? Who are the gates of hell? The gates of hell are, are also kings and preachers. Say preachers. 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 Not every preacher has a pulpit like this or in church. Some have like that. But there are others who don't even need. You see, these days, preaching is not hard anymore. You just have a YouTube page, have a Facebook page. You know what I'm talking about? In your living room, in your bedroom, you can be preaching to millions of people. So this thing is almost like an old-fashioned kind of arrangement. 
Amen. Very soon, very soon preachers who were called or who were, who were called by God, but who deviated from their calling, they will be out of work very soon. Why would they be out of job? Because after a while, you, people will now realize that this preacher, the message you preach every Sunday, there are unbelievers who preach it better than you. And when we compare your message and their message, it's the same. And they, they have results more than you. <laughs> there might be some churches who will drive them away and bring those guys to come and teach. Some of these Facebook guys who are saying nonsense on Facebook, some of them will, will become pre- preachers very soon. Some churches will go and bring them. See, what you are saying, you won't say it better than our pastor. You know, it's, it's a very small time. When this, this delusion is landing, it's, 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 large, it's gradually landing. It will arrive on the earth, in the church, this strong delusion to arrive at some point. When it fully lands, when it fully lands, people's eyes will just become clear. My pastor, you have been teaching us about making money, 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 money. You say that's all the Bible is about, being rich. But you don't really have too much money. So why don't we bring guys who have the money to come and be teaching us every Sunday? You don't think that revolution will come one day? It's already starting. Praise God, you will see church program where the main speaker is not a pastor, is a the guy who has due people, who has done all kinds of crazy things. You will come and sit down and say, you church people, and just let me just share a little bit of things with you, you guys. Share a secret. And you will see them. Oh my God. What is painting image? Of a life, a life which their pastor has been preaching to them since, but hasn't been able to produce. You will see a guy who has been purely anointed, fresh, by Satan. We say, look, this money you're looking for, just do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. You see it, and when they do it, the money will start coming. Very soon, some preachers will not have job anymore. If if all you are preaching is out to people for people to make money, your days of having a job is are numbered. He says that in that time, they will no longer endure sound doctrine. That's the season of delusion. When it lands upon the church, men will have no longer endurance for sound doctrine. They won't endure you. They will carry some pastors and throw them out of the church and bring some other guys. So they will heap for themselves teachers. They will have itching ears. Strong delusion. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now you can see that the world is not um, the world is not stationary. The world is progressive. Movement. Souls are moving somewhere. Souls are moving. Souls are evolving. If you have a child, your child will be more evolved than you in the kind of life which you portray. Because they will take what you have. Spirits will open them more. Therefore, when they are very young and sharp, tune them more. 
raise the mustacher to carry on that life. So all I want to just show is that you see this thing called the world. It's going somewhere. There is a, there's actually a destination. But it's not that some souls, if you follow the world, when you realize where it's going to, it might be too late. Because by that time, the delusion will be, might have become so strong that the soul cannot fall. So one thing that if you must invest in this time in your life, invest in the love of the truth. Invest. Take the love of the truth as a heritage. If you have kids, teach it to your children. Let them see you loving the truth. Love the truth. Love the truth. Love the truth. Love the truth. You know, a, a sign of a good soul is a sign who is a soul who, who the truth that there is no there will be no price too great to get the truth. There will be no discomfort too great as long as it's about getting the truth. There will be no sacrifice too great. Why? He says, buy the truth and sell it not. Buy it, buy it, buy it. No matter the price they give you, pay it. Get the truth. And when you have it, never sell it. It means be willing to give anything to receive the truth, but never give up the truth for anything. We are coming to a time when the truth will become the, the main commodity upon the earth. It's already this time. That time is already now. It's already happening. This is the time. Things are changing. Things are changing. Things are changing. We are going to a point where nations will no longer have answer to the problems of men. Why? Because the beastly nature will begin to arise. Things are already getting out of hand. Right now, if you are a little bit aware of, you know, just the political sphere and things that are going on, it's covered and one of the biggest problems that governments actually have right now is social media. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's a monster. They, don't, they, don't, they can't tame it. Yeah. They can't hold it. There's nothing you can do. There are no laws you can pass. Yeah. The guys even make the laws. They are old. If you see them, <laughs> it's good you don't make it to your lawmakers. You might get discouraged. You might move out of the country. You say, so these are the guys who are making the laws of our country. The level of dullness. <laughs> Imagine someone who cannot use Twitter is, is sitting down in the house to make laws about how to handle technology. Praise God. So you see, these are the creations of man. It's a monster. They, they don't know what to do. They've tried banning people, but when you ban it, the next is the news becomes news tomorrow. You know when you ban someone? They'll be on the news tomorrow. Those who have never heard of them before. <laughs> Go and look for them. <laughs> this is just an example. You get what I'm saying? So it's very clear. A social media problem is not banning censorship. No. You are, you are trying to use laws to solve a soul problem. Souls are sick. Racism, for example. What will you do about racism? They've done everything. Campaign. They will ban you hate speech. <laughs> Can banning someone who is a racist from social media stop their racism? 
It's a soul sickness. How did that sickness, government doesn't even know what it is. What makes a man like that hate somebody just for no cause? It's a spirit who walks that nature in people. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a sickness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so, man, the, 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 by, because of so much hyper-investment of spirits on, on people, souls are becoming more stronger than the natural systems. Men can't be tamed anymore. Men can't be controlled anymore. There's a, there's a monster rising up on the inside of the average man. And there's nothing that can be done about it. You cannot handcuff sin. You cannot arrest sin. You can't arrest corruption with handcuffs. It's, it will continue reproducing itself. Society. Men are sick. Praise God. He says the mystery of iniquity dot already walk. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. So the only thing is, but thank God for in the same time, the same days, God is also doing his own work and raising servants. Yes. Servants of God will be arising from the earth. You see men who arise who have answer to corruption. The Bible calls them the, the, they are the, the repairers of the bridge. They will repair the desolation of many generations. They will be called trees of righteousness. They will be called the planting of the Lord. Ministers of our God. Souls who have come into another kind of nature. Imagine soul on the earth whose sin has no appeal to them. Aww. Corruption has no appeal to them. The world will wonder what kind of beings are these? Where did they come from? No men are so weak. Satan has weakened men so much. No defense anymore. You know, things, institutions are cracking and breaking. The war for marriage, for example. Marriage will soon become obsolete in the world. Why? Because, you know, when men... Iniquity and investment of iniquity and sinfulness in, in the world in men was still a little, a little. Men could try and stay under the institution of marriage. Well, they, don't know, they don't know anything about it. Just know, well, man, a man marries a woman, that's the way life is. They didn't have the, the stature to question, why, would, why do I even need to marry? Why can't we redefine this thing? Why is the only man, woman? Why no man, man, woman? Why can't we change it up? Before men didn't have the mind to talk about that, something like that, because of the, that institution was a sacred institution. No strength to come again. But now, see, iniquity has risen so much. People are beginning to why do, some people are even saying, why would I even marry somebody? What a foolish idea. <laughs> why, why, what kind of, why, where did it even come from? <laughs> why would one person take another person 
and then go, go before the magistrate or whatever and sign that uh-uh. forever till I die. Hey. We're going to. So it doesn't make sense. They can't find any use for it. So they, they put it aside. But imagine what a dreadful thing that is. Because married homes is the bedrock of society. So humanity is going into a future they know nothing about. A speculative future. Imagine a future where there's nothing like homes anymore. When you, when you give, bring kids into the world, there's no shelter. According to, if you remove marriage, okay, what do you have to replace it with? No, I don't, know, I don't think that far. Just, just explore and just change things up. <laughs> Delusion. Say delusion. delusion. When men are deluded, they no longer think straight anymore. In their iniquity is their God. We must do this thing. This iniquity we, we, we want to do. So fire of sin is burning in them. They lose their mind. And nobody has answer. You say, no, I will just be moral. I will be good. <laughs> Praise God. You don't know what I'm talking about. We're talking about a mystery here. There are many people who are now taking thought and you see now even pastors. You ask the pastor, oh, gay marriage. You say, well, uh, God, you know, is the one who will judge people. But check that man. Go and check him two decades ago. He stands on that subject. Preaching fire, brimstone. What do you mean? Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. But sir, but he said, Bishop, sir, what happened to you, sir? What happened to Bishop? Mystery of iniquity. Don't ask Bishop because Bishop doesn't know. He doesn't know what happened to him. Mystery. Why? Because places where his life, he has tied, he buried his life. And tied his life. They be, they, when they begin to say it's time to redefine marriage and, and union, he doesn't have the mind. So it's just any any soul who ties if you if you, anywhere you have buried your life, go and get it out quickly. Go and get it back. If you then be reason with Christ, set your affections on things above. Set your affections there, where Christ is seated at the right hand. Say why? For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. The only secure place. For you to tie your life to is Christ yes, in God. Yes, Christ in God. Christ in God. If it's somewhere else, just a matter of time, you're about to make compromises. Amen. So as I, like I said before, you, it's not optional. You will worship. Every soul will worship somebody. The world doesn't give. These days in the world, there's even less space for you to be, on, be neutral. Because this is also the day of virtue signaling. I believe in this thing, oh, and they signal it, and they're watching you. I want to be, be hearing that we have been having this conversation about this matter. What's your stand on it? <laughs> What's your stand? When they check you, you're not making stand, they'll come closer and be checking you. <laughs> We're not talking to you, we're just, we're just around you, okay? We're just showing you that this is how we treat this matter, this is how this matter is. 
and souls are not, you're not wired to, to withstand the pressure. That the pressure of the, the, the viciousness of iniquity. Only a soul that is framed by God, that has caught covenant and has sworn an oath to God and to righteousness. He said he shall be given power to make war with saints and he will overcome them. Many of those saints, say those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Say Lamb's book of life. Say it again, Lamb's now, what is, let's read that place very quickly. We're, we're rounding up now. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Verse 8, amen. Okay, let's read from verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all. Say all. All kindreds and tongues and what? Nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So it means that as long as someone's name is not in the book of life, they will worship him. It means when it's time to, for him, when he comes, his allure comes, they won't have what it takes to refuse that worship. Except those. So what they are saying here is not that God wrote a special book and that day you have to check if is my name there. Ah, oh, my name is not there. Oh, oh, therefore I have no choice. It's not that kind of thing. Now, the following the leading, the feeding, and the leading of the lamb is the process by which names are written into the lamb's book of life. What is the lamb's book of life? The Lamb Book of Life contains people who bear the life of the Lamb. It's the book of the record of his life. If anybody has the life of the Lamb, their name will appear there. So, if your name is not written in the Lamb Book of Life, it means you don't have the life of the Lamb. If you don't have the life, it means that you were never led by him. Yes, you were never fed by him. Yes, so it's very clear that security that we're talking about only lies. He says this lamb. This lamb is the, is, the, is the secure. Remember in the book of chapter 17 where we read that what this guy will make war with, who they will make war with. Let's hold our hand here. Quickly, we're rounding up now, okay? Revelation 17. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. From verse 13, it says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Right? Revelation 17, verse 13. Then 14. It says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him, with him, are called and chosen and faithful. So, so you see, this, this being of this worldly soul and the beastly souls, that, that beastly nature, he knows who his enemy is. The worldly and the beastly nature, the nature of iniquity, the man of sin, that nature, 
they know he knows who the enemy is. He knows our enemy is the lamb, the lamb's nature. So it means that when he makes war with any saint who is not written in the book of life of the lamb, he will overcome them and they will begin to worship him according to chapter 13. But when he jams the lamb and tries to war with the lamb, not just the lamb, but the lamb and them that are with him. Now, you now see that this lamb is, they call the lamb the king of kings and the lord of lords. Who is the king of kings? He's the king who has kings, kings. with him. Yes. And the lord who has lords with him. Wow. That's what makes him the kings. And so it means that what the journey with the lamb is to make your soul, is to make you also a king and a lord. Because you, are, you become the inheritor of the same image and the same name which the lamb has inherited. So when he says, these are they which follow the lamb, whithersoever he goeth, those souls who, are, who, are, who have the lamb song, the lamb life, the lamb nature, those are overcomers. Men over whom sin and death have no power over them because of what they have become. By what? By, the, who, by virtue of who fed them and who led them. Whose food were they eating? Who was talking to them? Whose life were they feasting on? And what part were they taking in the spirit? So you see this leading of the lamb? So those great multitude, God had, they are they are multitude which God had had mercy on, who had become candidates of the ministry of the lamb. In chapter 7, Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse 14, that's concerning the multitude. He says that, that, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, and he said unto me, that these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their, what, robes and made them, what, white. In the blood, that word blood means in the life of the lamb. They washed their robes. The robe means the garment of their soul. They washed it and made it white in the blood of the lamb. And therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him. So they've come into the training of service. Right? When they say before the throne means those who are candidates of service, who are learning service. And serve him day and night in his temple. And he that, he that seated on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into what? Living fountains of waters. You know, those living fountains of waters are the waters that prepare his soul for the seal of the living God. Right? The waters. So this lamb is not... It will lead them into living fountains of waters. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside what? The still waters. So he leadeth me beside the still waters. As he's leading me, he restored my soul. He leadeth me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Praise God. I used him the leading. Leading. Say leading. So the leading 
of the shepherd, which is the Lord. Beginning of leading starts with the leading of the Lord. He leads you beside still waters. After a while, those still waters begin to get closer to the source. The source is that that water is fountain out from somewhere. Yes, Revelation chapter 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life as clear as crystal proceeding out of God and of the Lamb, at the throne of God and of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. That water, say living waters. Living waters. Living waters. After a while, still waters will become living waters. Yes, if you continue to be led in the, yeah. beside the waters, the Lamb is the one who leads his soul. What? In the path of righteousness. Leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So the end of the leading is his name's sake. It's for the name. For that name, for that nature. That's the purpose of the shepherding ministry of the Lamb of God. So when you say leading, say leading. Leading of the Spirit. Praise God. Leading of the Spirit. Don't play with leading of the Spirit. Praise God. Don't play with what? With the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. The leading of the Spirit. Where leading starts from? Once you get born again, there's a kind of leading that you begin to have. That being led is one constant that should happen from once you become a Christian to when you eventually arrive in the presence of God and you begin to live in His sight. Every Christian was born again to be led to that place. And until the soul arrives there, there's no safety. Because as you are, in fact, as you are journeying, the world is also journeying. If you stop, the world is still journeying. And if you're not careful, you can get overcome. You must journey beyond the strength of the iniquity of your day. You should be more spiritually fortified than the evil of your day, otherwise. The only thing that will guarantee your fortification against the evil of the day is leading. You must be led. You must be led. Praise the Lord. So the Lord will help us. Some of us are in different phases of being led by the Spirit. Not everyone can come under the leading of the Lamb yet. There are, there are some who first have to be led first by Christ. You have to be led first by the Holy Spirit. Then you have to be led by Christ, who is the Lord. The Lord is the first shepherd. Praise the Lord. Then after a while, you begin to be led by the Lamb of God. The, the leading of the Lamb of God is to make you inherit the life, the nature which God can accept. The nature which overcomes. That's the nature of the man-child company. In chapter 12 of Revelation. Now when the dragon was waiting, you know the woman, the child was in the belly of the woman. The child is the church. The belly of the woman carried the child. Sorry, the woman is the church. The child is the man-child company. The company of them, that one for the 4,000 who have the name of the father on their forehead. And the, the dragon was waiting to devour it, but as soon as it was born, the Bible says she was, was caught up to God and to what? To his throne. Praise the Lord. Without, means that in the belly, that child was bearing the nature of the throne. Inside the church, you have beings. All kinds of people are in the church, but here you still have people in the church who are being led by the Lamb. Yes. Who are receiving inward fortification against them. But some of you, you are, you are, first of all, Holy Spirit, start by being led by the Spirit of God. 
Amen. Amen. We have to be careful about that state of being led by the Holy Spirit. Many of us have made mistakes in that area. And when His Spirit comes to spoil leading of the Spirit in someone's life or leading of the Holy Ghost, it's not just for any reason. It's because those spirits, every, I think Reverend K who says it, that when you see any kind of demon or any kind of little evil spirit, yes. just look inside their eyeballs. Mm. You see lake of fire. Okay. In other words, no matter how little the spirit or demon is, his walk is a step in the journey for his soul to end up in the lake of fire. That's why you don't joke with little things. So, you know, even the baby steps leading of the spirit, you have to be, you must, it must be done by the oracle. One of the main purposes of the oracles of God is the prescription of the pattern of leading for that particular phase of ministration. The oracle of the milk is to the teaching. That's why the milk, there's also teaching along with the giving of the spirit to, to teach about the pattern of leading in the word, in the realm of the milk of the word or being led by what? The Holy Spirit. And God will help us in this area. There's some things that we need to tackle. In, I was reading, talking to somebody yesterday and we, we were talking from the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. Chapter 12. Where Paul was saying at which time you were, when you were Gentiles, that you were carried away unto dumb by idols and were so, as soon as you were led. You were led by dumb idols. Amen. But you see some Christians get born again and are still led by dumb idols. Because of a lack. When you, when you give someone the Holy Spirit, mm. but you don't bring the teaching mm. about, of the milk of the word, you expose the soul. Mm. Sometimes the soul can be led by dumb idols. Yes, sir. Instead of the Holy Spirit. Mm. A dumb idol is a spirit mm. that leads mm. by making you dumb. Okay. They are real idols. Potent idols, like the one we've been talking about since. Yes. Money, possession, house, anything you fall in love with. Those are real idols. But in the realm of, when someone is in the realm of milk, they send dumb idols to them. It's different. They are like demonic spirits who also sound like the Holy Spirit who want to lead the soul. But they want to lead the soul in a different way. And this, the, the, the operation of a dumb idol is shut down your inward engine of judgment. And look, for, try to pick leading on the air. Wow. Wow. It's a pitfall. Try to an apple of the spirit like this. You know that thing? Ah, you think leading is, I pick it. Oh, Holy Spirit, I heard something. That, that's not leading. It's ah! not leading of the spirit. That's not leading of the spirit. No, that's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. Leading is by, it's, you shouldn't be, it's not a dumb thing. Mm. Holy Ghost leading you is not a dumb thing. Yeah. Holy Ghost, if he wants to lead you, he will sharpen you on the inside yes. and then tilt you towards the judgment yeah. for that part which you should yeah. take. Yeah. Mm. Holy Ghost is not intimidated by your mind and your judgment. Yeah. It's just that we use it wrongly. He wants you to recover it right. and let him use it. A Christian, once you get born again, a Christian is a, is a being of light. 
means a, a Christian is a sharp entity. Calculation of, you know, of spiritual calculation. Judgment. The Bible says he that is spiritual judges all things. Means the mark of a spiritual man is judgment. He can judge. When you see he sees a matter in front of him, judgment arises based on the instruction of the spirit. Calculation of righteousnesses to know what to do. That's living of the spirit. That's living of the spirit. The Lord will help us. We will grow. We will be led. We will be led. We will be a people of the way. When others are getting stuck, you'll be finding way. Amen. Even in the wilderness. He said, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know? It shall even spring forth. He said, I will make a way in the wilderness and waters in the desert. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed today? Let's just begin to thank God. Just give him glory. Shakariyala basota limbrahatu. Matali krapata lavaso stepreta libra hata. Masetu li grendo zuri hata prato li prento li geri halavaso. Efrasata parabasko tikrahato. Amen. Let's just begin to pray that the Lord will grant us grace to respond to leading, accurate leading of the Spirit, to be led according to the pattern, the way God has designed for His souls to be led. And those of us who have been led, who will continue to be led. That you will not stop, you will not give up, you will not go weary, you will not get tired. Whatever the price, whatever the cost, whatever is being required of you, you will pay the price to be led, to be led until you meet God. Until you are led into safety. Until your soul is led into salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you today. We bless your holy name. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for speaking to us. We receive the seed of your word. I ask, oh God, that let every heart carry this seed. And may this seed find good ground in our heart. You will cause it to germinate, even to, to bring forth until it becomes a mighty tree. Even the tree, Lord, of righteousness. I will produce fruit that is sweet to your taste. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory. I pray help will come to any soul who needs any kind of help in this path, in this direction. Thank you, Father. We receive grace. We receive help and we receive mercy. We give you all the praise, Father. We worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.